0: The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith.
1: It's so good to be with you. And in addition to being the third anniversary of my program, The Way Home, it is more, much more importantly... Uh, the week of Veterans Day and Veterans Day being, I think, probably one of the most all important and solemn of holidays or days where we commemorate and give thanks to the great men and women throughout time and history to who gave their lives, who stepped up, uh, when sometimes that they even didn't want to, but they did out of a sense of duty. And now for those who willingly uh, volunteer to become part of our, our wonderful military. We're so grateful for all you have done. And I wanted to do a program this week that commemorated these great, wonderful human beings, um, our military and our veterans. And so I am going to play a repeat of a wonderful, um, interview I had with a dear friend of mine from college who is a, an actor and a director and a writer in Hollywood who Uh, put together the most beautiful film, which is based on a true story called The Last Full Measure. And it's the true story of William Pitsenbarger, who was a U.S. Air Force pararescueman during Vietnam who did more than 250 combat missions and saved so many lives at the age of 22 he decided to stay down in the jungle to help his fellow uh his fellow soldiers who were injured to try to save their lives and indeed actually did not take the last helicopter out of there to save his own life he became a medal of honor recipient Three decades later, through the help of his uh, family, and so we hear this great story that is such beautifully portrayed in this film, The Last Full Measure by Todd Robinson, my friend, and so many incredible actors in it. Christopher Plummer, before he passed away, Uh, Peter Fonda as well, Samuel Jackson, Amy Madigan, William Hurt, Diane Ladd, Bradley Whitford, It goes on and on. It's an incredible film. We're going to hear from Todd Robinson all about that. And then also from Casey Hendrickson. Casey Hendrickson is the afternoon drive host of 95.3 MNC's afternoon show, which is all talk. He's young himself. He is a hero to a lot of people, I should say, on the airwaves. He brings so much information to the Michiana area, but he is also a veteran a young one at that and i am so grateful uh for his service and we're going to talk to him as well today and uh get his take on what his life in the military was at a young age and uh where his life is now and and all he has to say because i if i had 25 hours of programming uh, where I could just talk to veterans, I would be happy. That would make me very happy. And for all of this, we thank Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, which sponsor the program every week. And I'm so honored to have their support for the show. They believe in the content of The Way Home, and um, I'm so grateful to them. You can get your nutrition, your better health on a daily basis through Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule by going to balanceofnature.com. And using my name, Laura, in the promo code to get 35% off in free shipping. When we come back, Todd Robinson talking about the last full measure for your Veterans Day program.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: Well, just a few days ago, the world, or at least our country, celebrated Veterans Day. And it always uh, feels a little bit interesting and ironic to me that it falls on 1111. um, For people who study things like the angelic realm, as I do, 1111 is a big number of the angels. And when I think of veterans, that is the first word that comes to me. I think of them, anyone who has selflessly signed up or was drafted um, and then gave it their all uh, signed up to uh, literally protect the constitution, protect our country, protect our freedoms. Um, I I'm always pretty much speechless about it, but I can't be today because I want to celebrate um, here on the way home. And I am doing it in a way that uh, with someone who actually um not only is a very, very dear friend of mine, but he's someone who has uh, created a lot of really wonderful and beautiful films, his latest, The Last Full Measure, um, which covers uh a- veterans and uh, the, the Vietnam War in, in a way, and it's a true story, um, in a way that uh, truly makes me feel so proud um, of our military and proud to be an American. Todd Robinson is a producer, a writer, a director, and he was an actor. We were together in theater school way back in the day at Adelphi University in New York, and he joins me today. We're going to discuss not only The Last Full Measure, um, his beautiful film, that you can get and watch and enjoy, because every day should be Veterans Day, I think. And we're also going to talk about uh, the board that he sits on of a wonderful organization called Save a Warrior. And so, uh, Todd Robinson, thank you so much for joining us today on the way home.
2: Good morning, Laura.
1: Well, uh, you know, you've you've done a lot of films and you've worked with probably the biggest names in the business in Hollywood. You live in Hollywood. You went from New York to Hollywood or from the East Coast to the West Coast. And you truly have made your your entire life and living uh, through making films. And um, I would say you you pick subjects and topics and films that matter. And as I said, working with the biggest names in the business. But the last full measure was a film that came out uh, last year. Was it 2020 already?
2: Yeah, 2020.
1: Yeah. That film was so moving, so touching. The cast of of actors in that um, it was so realistic and it is a real story. So let's talk about your this film in particular, as it reflects upon uh, this past week with Veterans Day, the last full measure that that phrase itself is actually a phrase that the military use. And tell us what it means.
2: Well, it was lifted from the. Uh, the Gettysburg Address, and it, it's inscribed on the walls of the Lincoln Memorial. And it, it was uh, President Lincoln referring to uh, the ultimate sacrifice, the final, uh, the last full measure of devotion uh, being given on behalf of something bigger than oneself. Um, so it really speaks to the ultimate service. And the way that the, it, it became the title of the film was in doing my research, Uh, When William Pitsenbarger was uh, finally awarded the Medal of Honor, uh, Peter Jennings uh, did a news piece on it on the evening news, and he actually used that phrase to describe Pitsenbarger's sacrifice. And um, it just sort of uh, struck me and. I, I'm not even I mean, of course, I'd read the Gettysburg address, but later uh, doing research, I went to the to the Lincoln Memorial and read the complete text uh, uh, of the address. And uh, it it it's really emotional. And I, I stood there in the shadow of those great words uh, that so uh, effectively summed up uh, the losses that were endured in that battle. And uh, I just had to apply it to this young man. And yes. so that that's how it uh, it came to be.
1: So let's talk about this young man. It's the Vietnam War. He's all of what was it, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four? 24? I can't remember. He was in his 20s, though. I remember feeling after seeing the film. How is it possible that someone that young did something so valiant, so... Beyond, you
2: know, a comprehension. How old was he, Todd Robinson? He was 21 years old. And to summarize his actions on that day, uh, a division uh, or a, a, a unit of uh, the, the uh, first uh, the, the, the big red one uh, was driven into a jungle on a search and destroy mission. And basically walked into what we call a kill sack today. They sort of walked into a uh, an oval-shaped, open-ended uh, enemy emplacement. And then as they moved into that, the, the Viet Cong closed behind them. And so they were... Uh, surrounded in this triple canopy jungle where they really couldn't even see, you know, 10 feet in any direction. And the Viet Cong were up in the trees and they were popping out of spider holes. And it was it was a bloodbath and they were enduring. I I think at the end they endured over 82 percent casualties and lost, I believe, 36 lives. And in the midst of this, There was no way the the army at that time. This was nineteen sixty six. They did not have uh, helicopters with winches on them, and there was just no way to land a helicopter in this jungle. And so the Air Force did have winches, and this group uh, that Pitsenbarger was a part of volunteered to go over and hover over this this battle, which was you know incredibly dangerous, and. Pits they were trying to raise up the wounded and the army guys on the ground weren't trained to load litters. And so Pits volunteered to go down and sort of get them organized and get it going in the midst of this just incredibly hot firefight. It was about 700 Vietnamese against 130 Americans. So, oh, my gosh, you, you can imagine that's a lot of guns going off at the same time. And he went down and as soon as he saw how much trouble they were in. He refused to go back up into the helicopter and stayed down there and um, uh, evacuated, I think, uh, at least 12 guys before, um, but before the helicopter was driven off by gunfire and then stayed on the ground triaging and ultimately fighting alongside and, of these guys that he didn't know and ultimately gave his life uh, on that day. And so it was just a, a an incredibly powerful story. And the way it came to me uh, was really by accident. I was doing research on another military movie. And these Air Force guys wanted to make sure that I knew they were Air Force pararescuemen, and they wanted to make sure that I knew the story of their patron saint, William Pitsenbarger. And I started following the story a little bit as a sort of an interested fanboy on the side because they were in the process of trying to get him reconsidered for the Medal of Honor, which he had been passed over for back in 66. And that was really a bit of a mystery. And these veterans who he had saved had come back together uh, 33 years later because they'd been reunited through the Internet. And so technology sort of caught up and they realized two things. One, he'd been passed over and two, that his father was dying of cancer. And so there was real urgency to get this thing in front of Congress. And I was interested in, you know, seeing that happen, but I didn't really see how to make, I wasn't even thinking about it as a movie until I heard Mr. uh speak publicly and he talked about what it meant to lose a child and it at that moment in time it, it had never dawned on me prior to that i mean i always thought about war from the point of view of the soldier what would it be like if i were drafted or if i were in combat And i, I think it's a very sort of male-centric american thing to do anyway and then all of a sudden i'm listening to a father talk about what it means to lose his son And in that same moment, I flashed on my dad at that time. Completely concerned about my getting drafted. I was too young, fortunately. Um, And then I'm flashing on my son, who was nine years old at the time. And suddenly the idea of losing him to something as sort of random and meaningless as that war, uh, it's certainly politically speaking, it was just unthinkable. And that's when I sort of had this idea of that's the story to tell. It's the story of of loss and sacrifice of the people that surround the actual hero. And so while the plot tracks the ultimate success in getting him that medal, it's really about the healing that happens uh, surrounding all the men whom he saved. And so he really saves them twice. In the beginning, he saves their lives, and in the end, he sort of saves their spirit and their soul because they find purpose and uh, and forgiveness. They're able to expunge their shame about surviving. Um, and I got to you know form relationships with all these people. And I'm not a military person. I I, I have no uh personal experience with it just as a just as a storyteller and um it was irresistible and really um I, I gave me a such a deep respect for anyone who serves and as we toured the film all over the country to many military bases one of which you joined me at when we screened it at uh, west point um, these young people are just incredible and they sort of live in the shadows. Not, not many people, you know, will know military people who are serving in the military because it's such a small fraction of our population. And, um, so it it was really easy to support these people and what they're doing and what they risk.
1: Well, it, it was a huge eye opener. First of all, that, that war in particular, um, the The sadness it brings up thinking about it, how many people died, young 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 people, and um on both sides, actually, I mean, I think about the Vietnamese also, and just just how sad the whole thing was, but in watching this film, it was it just so remarkable, and seeing how young these people were, and yet how much they were their ability to do things was was just I can't even imagine, so when Pitsenbarger, Went down. He's in the air force. He was a paramedic, wasn't he? Like a
2: yeah, pararescueman. That's what
1: the man So he had yep. some. He must have had some medical background, and right. And he was down there and trying to save them. But he had an opportunity to leave with the helicopter, and yet he chose not to go back up into it. And then subsequently, he died. He didn't die as he was just doing his work. there. He died because he refused to leave the men on the ground. 21 years of age. Um, he's down there in the jungle fighting off 700 Viet Cong. I mean, it's just it's beyond comprehension. So I think when you said patron saint, I think that's probably what it is. Here was this young soul who could have so easily been Lifted out of there, and he would have still been alive today, um, but he chose not to do that. That is the ultimate sacrifice and the way it's portrayed in this film, you are on the edge of your seat watching these battle scenes and then flash as you said to the to the people who survived and because of him and and their lives and and following their lives that's a story that I think is so important to be heard, and I know that you have uh save a that you are you on the board yeah still Mm -hmm. okay it's in reading about it it sounds like an incredible organization and it really deals with the trauma that a lot of these these people um experience when they leave war and they are doing something that is working there so tell us a little bit about or a lot about save a warrior and what they're doing to help these men uh, to keep them from a lot of them committing suicide.
2: Yeah, Save a Warrior is a suicide prevention uh, experience. Uh, it's a three and a half day cohort. We um, work with both men and women separately. And it, is, uh, it was founded by a man named Jake Clark, who's a, a force of nature, Uh, a veteran of not only the Army, uh, but the FBI and the Secret Service. And he was an LAPD police officer. And uh, we also reach out to first responders, uh, paramedics, firefighters, police officers. And um, it's just an incredible deep dive into the thing beneath the thing, as we like to say. Um, we, We tend to tell stories that serve a certain narrative in our lives um, that that in some ways explain our pain. And what Jake is very effective in doing is setting that aside. Then you're not allowed to talk about your war story at Save a Warrior. Um, It starts with going back to childhood trauma and working your way forward from there. And we sort of end the story where your military career begins, because for a lot of these folks, uh, if if you untangle it psychologically, untwist it, you realize that uh, early childhood trauma in veterans who are suicidal uh, tends to be the driver that gets them to that ultimate uh, commitment to the service to the military because they're looking for something. Mm -hmm. And um, and then when you pile uh, what we might call moral the moral injury of war on top of it, it tends to trigger something and they end up developing uh, suicidal ideation along with post-traumatic stress. And we I think he calls that um, uh, advanced post-traumatic stress. And it's or complex post-traumatic stress. And so once we sort of untangle the beginning of that and give them a new daily practice, which includes uh, meditation and good self-care, um, there's a, a there's a long and intensive reading list. And um, and you have to basically commit to after you leave it, there's a 500 day program and set of protocols that you really have to to follow. The the actual um, cohort that we provide, which is of course free to veterans, um, is really the relief. It's it's the thing that tees you up for the hard work ahead. And we've had uh, we've put almost two thousand veterans and first responders through the program over seven years, and we have about a ninety nine percent success rate with uh, with veterans who truly. And we carefully screen people. So, A, we don't bring in people that we don't think we can help because they have underlying either psychological issues, TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, so we're very careful at how we choose candidates because we don't want to bring people in that we can't help. But once they're, they're carefully vetted and come in, we have a very high success rate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're really our best advertisers because, uh, mm-hmm. you, they look different when they leave. It's really powerful to watch them go through this transformation.
1: It's incredible. And I did watch a video on saveawarrior.org. They have uh, with the, uh, founder there, Jake, who you were talking about. It's so touching and moving. And they, they, um, some of the, the people who have gone through the program talk about their incredible transformation and their gratitude for uh, what Save a Warrior provides them and continues to do. It's it's just an amazing thing because the, the whole, I think the suicide, the talk of suicide for, for veterans um, became prevalent. Oh, it seems to me just over the last, say, 15 to 20 years or so, um, they were shining a light on that because for so many, many years and so many uh, decades and centuries, even um I don't think it was talked about so much what what the after effects were for these people. you know we we thank them for their service, but how about living an everyday life after that? And for so many of them, it's just not um, something probably that anyone can relate to except for people who've gone through what they've gone through. So the fact that this uh, save a warrior is there for them, and it's it has the success rate that it does. I, I really encourage everyone to go out and find it or download it or whatever you do to get how you get your films. Now, is it playing in theaters anymore? Did it, is it having some type of a re thing or is
2: it, or people can find it where on Netflix or Uh, you can find it on uh, it it, on Hulu for sure. uh, Amazon and pretty much, you know, I, uh, is it still iTunes or is it Apple movie Um, any place that you, you get your uh, your entertainment you can find it
1: the last full measure and let's talk about about some of the actors the the cast is so incredible um we just have a few more minutes but uh christopher Plummer, diane ladd laura dern um it it just was a it's so beautifully acted and directed so um congratulations to you um tell us what it's like to work with people like that um who really are geniuses in the business
2: yeah it was a murderer's row of of actors uh to complete the list uh ed harris samuel l jackson um john savage um who am i afraid i'm forgetting somebody's uh bradley whitford is in the film Mm -hmm. um uh it it just goes on and on and um yeah it's it's amazing uh mostly because they came aboard because they wanted to be Part I I believe, of a conversation uh, that was really a love letter to their generation of men and women who went and served. And so uh, everybody really came uh, wholeheartedly to the project and, you know, were just, um, you know, just gave me their talents uh, to paint with. And um, it was um, it was a privilege.
1: It was I'll never forget sitting at West Point amongst the cadets there. And why I have goosebumps thinking about it right now and watching that film amongst them, it was just it, it was such an incredible feeling. Um, it was so beautiful. You could they were so moved by it, um, watching it. And and I can only imagine how it kind of encouraged them Um you know, when you see something like that and, and someone who's uh, that age, who is doing making such a difference in the world. So Pitts and Barger actually did receive the Medal of Honor. Right. This was the story, part of the story of the, the last full measure. It took 30
2: years, though. Right, Todd? Uh, it took 33 years to get him the Medal of Honor, and it took me another 20 to get the movie made. So by the time <laughs> by the time we made it, 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 it or released the film. It had been uh, over 53 years.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's exactly right, because you had started it a long time ago. Yep. Well, it is, it is an extraordinary film. I just really urge everyone to see it, watch it, and um, you will be just so inspired. You will also shed a lot of tears. It's a beautiful, beautiful film, The Last Full Measure. Also, Todd Robinson has a lot of other great films, uh, White Squall, Lonely Hearts, Phantom. I mean, and all of them with incredible cast, uh, incredible, uh, real true stars, um, real actors and people who honestly are the biggest in the business. And, um, you, you have a way of working with them and it's, you bring out just incredible, uh, their gifts and
2: it's, it's, it's really fun to watch. So Todd Robinson, what's next for you? Uh, next for me is, uh, a film called El Dorado that we're hoping to shoot in the spring. It's a modern Western and, uh, It's a page turner.
1: A page turner.
2: Yeah, well, in in its current form, it's a page turner. But uh, it's it's a it's a great uh, uh, mystery that takes place in several different uh, decades simultaneously, and it's uh, it's it's operatic. And um, we're going to Texas to do it, and I'm I'm very excited. Oh my
1: gosh! Did you write
2: it? Oh, of course. (laughs) Oh my gosh!
1: I can't wait.
2: 2023. Yep.
1: 2023. Awesome. Todd Robinson. Thank you so much for being on the way home. Love you much.
2: Thank you, Laura. All the best.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the way home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: On my special veterans day program today, it's been a good to talk to Todd Robinson uh, who is the writer and director in Hollywood for that incredible film, The Last Full Measure. Try to find it anywhere you can because it's such a, a beautiful depiction of a true story of Pitzenbarger, the, the young, very, very young, Uh, paratrooper, para-rescuer who gave his life the ultimate sacrifice in Vietnam and finally, after so many decades, got the Medal of Honor. And uh, so continuing on the theme of Veterans Day, I, I was trying to think of some different veterans that I would like to have on the program. And my Uncle Tom, I was thinking of him. He's 91, but I don't think he kind of knows how to use his computer to the point where we'd be able to go back and forth. And I thought of a couple other people and they were shy. But then I said, well, oh, that's right. Uh, I work with a veteran who is definitely not shy and uh who is also very young, like Pits and Barker. And uh, when he was when he decided to uh go into the military. And so Casey Hendrickson, who is the Afternoon Drive host at 95.3 MNC in northern Indiana, Michigan. we call it here because it's on the border of Michigan. Um, I'm so grateful. Thank you and your busy schedule for taking time out on Veterans Day to talk to me.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's good to know that my, my humble military career is going to go up after a Medal of Honor recipient. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, I think anybody that even just signs up for that is a hero right off the bat. They don't even have to serve a day. And, and there are already a hero in my book. I just, I, I can't imagine ever having the courage or the ability to do something as selfless as, you know, signing up for the military. So right there, I think, you know, everybody that's ever done that is, is a hero. So, Casey, I, you do talk radio for a living. You, you're an incredibly outstanding, well read and actually my favorite talk show host. I'm going to be honest right now. And I, I love them all, um, cause I work in talk radio, but, uh, you're, you're very young and it's interesting to me because it's sort of dichotomous. When you think of talk radio, you think of people who've kind of been through everything, um, in their lives and they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s even older sometimes, and yet you started this gig a long time ago, but you started your military career when you were even younger. And I that, again, it amazes me. Tell us uh, what armed services you were a part of and when it all started for you.
3: Yeah, I was in the Army. I actually did something called the split-op program, which is where you join the military while you're still in high school. And so you do your basic training the summer of your junior year. You come back, you finish your senior year, And then you go off to AIT and uh, get your union assignment. So that's what I did.
1: And you were living in Nevada at the time or California?
3: Yeah, I was in Nevada. Yeah, I was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm.
1: You were in Las Vegas. And so, again, this is that type of mentality. It's hard for me to fathom being, you know, absolutely not courageous by any means. What makes somebody who is, you know, 16 or 17 years old already know that they'd like to join the Army?
3: I mean, for me, I guess I would say it was a calling uh, for most people who go and do the things that that I was training to do. Uh, it is a calling um, that or there's, you know, a profound emptiness in those individuals. And then they're looking for something. Um, the types of things that that I was doing in the military are not the typical types of things that most people join the military for. So there's a lot of people who join the military because you know they're looking to get a skill set or maybe they're looking to pay for college later on or you know they want to they want to see the world they want to travel and this is a you know way for them to do that without having to spend a ton of money and for other people you know they're just they're looking for adventure and, and they want something exciting uh, and then you have the people who this is just kind of who they are uh, so they they sign up to do kind of um the ugly jobs if you will the dangerous jobs the things like that. But at the same time, those are the most exciting jobs in the military. So a lot of them are thrill seekers and, you know, really crave a, a good adrenaline rush and that sort of thing. And, and at that stage of my life, that's really where I was at.
1: And so what was it? You, you chose the Army. And mm-hmm. then tell us what your what your job ended up being while you were in there. And did you like it? Was it something that um, called you and that you've you enjoyed? Or do you look back now and say, oh, I wish I had done something different?
3: Yeah, mine was actually really weird because the movie Top Gun got me very much into flying and I wanted to fly for the Navy and I really wanted to fly an F-14 Tomcat. I was in the movie and for many, many, many years, that was the thing. Um, I really started looking into the military and what military life would be like and and how I needed to kind of mold myself for that, you know, kind of uh, late junior high school, early high school time. And I ran across a picture Of some guys, and I'm like, those are the coolest looking dudes I've ever seen in my entire life. And they were Rangers. Uh, So I immediately said, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to be a Ranger. Um, So I went into the military. I was, I started off because of a split option. You have to serve in a reserve unit before you go active. So I was a heavy wheel mechanic functionally in that reserve unit until I went active. And then I was an 11 Bravo, which is an infantryman. Um, The goal was always to go special forces and and things like that. We ended up having a military downsizing that happened under the uh, Clinton administration. So I got caught up in that. Most of the combat military occupational specialties did. So I got caught up in that. Life happened. Um, Unfortunately, never went back in, came close a couple of times, had a a friend of mine who's Green Beret, who's a recruiter. He said, nope, not yet. Not ready. Don't come back yet. Um, and eventually just, you know, life happens, you, you meet people and and families start happening. And it's, my job wasn't exactly a job that co- was conducive to the family life. So um, I kind of gravitated a little bit more towards the civilian realm after that.
1: Yeah. And 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 such disparate kind of, if you think about like, I think of you, you know, infantrymen and you know, working with this machinery and and doing all this, like, really heavy duty stuff and then becoming a talk show host. I think most people think a talk show host, ah, they're... Harvard grads or something that have some kind of erudite, you know, uh, book reading past where and they just want to, you know, kind of expound on different topics and stuff. You really are very interested in that you're faceted that way, that you would want to do that type of work in the military and then come in and, and talk to audiences. Is there any connection in any part of this whatsoever? Or was that just another aspect of your of your interests and also your talent, basically? Yep
3: policy position type stuff you know I, I, in my head i never expected to make it to 40 I, I never expected to live that long um but if i did the point was that i would i would do my 20 years in the military i would then maybe move on to the cia fbi whatever and then maybe move on to politics if i ever got to that point um so there's always been a you know the political aspect of it and then when i was in the military. We started to pay very close attention, obviously to the news because the news was constantly reporting on things that we were allegedly doing, and they were always getting it wrong. They were never right and so that naturally kind of piqued a lot of our interest. Um, I ended up writing articles and things like that as a civilian when I got out many years after I got out you know most most members of the military, especially if they're they're kind of pushed out of the military before they're ready to go struggle to really find themselves afterwards. And and I was in that same exact boat, all of the stereotypes were there. Um, And then I started writing articles on things that were happening because I was just watching the news, get basic things about foreign policy really wrong. And that just led to a natural kind of a progression, you know, opportunity to get into talk radio kind of happened at one point in time. You mentioned my age, but at one point in time I was the youngest person in our industry and I was probably one of two or three who had a military background at the time. Right. You know, There's there's more now, but back then there weren't right. any. So that helped my career early on because I had a couple of unique perspectives being young, but also being a veteran because it just wasn't something that was very prevalent on the radio. There were a lot of patriots, people who love the military, love the country on the radio. There just weren't a lot of people who had that practical experience of, of going through the actual service branches and, and the things that go along with that.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're an old soul, no doubt. But um thank you for your service. Thank you thank for you. stepping up. Again, I think it's something that I'm not sure this generation is quite as ready for or capable of, as maybe even yours was. Um, The world has changed so very much, which I'm sure you see. But I am grateful for all of us that you are in talk radio. You are a huge resource um, for me and your thousands and thousands of listeners, uh, a resource of so much uh, factual information. I think what happened is is you actually are are pursuing and sharing the truth uh, about so many different topics that are important for all of us as a, as humanity right now. So I thank you for that and, and your service and keep on doing what you're doing. Tell everybody where they can catch
3: you daily. Um, so, yeah, you can you can listen to the show, obviously, on 95.3 MNC. And uh, I do live stream the radio show almost every day when we're not doing a live remote or something like that. And we're in studio. I'm live streaming on Rumble dot com, Rumble dot com slash Casey, the host. And you can find me on pretty much any social network at Casey, the host, that's C-A-S-E-Y. And, uh, you know, hit the subscribe button, the follow button. I would love to have you.
1: I'm telling you, he is so entertaining in addition to being incredibly knowledgeable and and helpful. So, Casey Hendrickson, thank you for gracing the airways on my program. And thanks for your service as well. Thank you.
0: You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura.
1: It's that time of year, and it's also... Um, a special time for veterans, but it should be every day, every year, um, I think. But it's important um, at this time because it's open enrollment. And I have two guests here that are going to help uh, people who know veterans and veterans that um, this is a special annual election period. It is happening until December 7th. And Stephanie Muckey, who is the population health strategy lead, Veteran Channel at Humana and J.J. Montanaro, financial planner at USAA Military Advocacy. They're going to help um, so that we know how to help uh, tell veterans who are eligible for Medicare what they should consider when they're evaluating different plans and options um, for this really important decision. And um, I'll let you guys uh, decide who goes first. But, you know, do, do most veterans understand what their options are?
4: One of the unique features of this particular time of year is that uh, it it can be kind of complex. And so what your options are vary from year to year and what the right choice is for you varies from year to year. So I think it's important to dig into this. So I, 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 I don't want to dismiss what people know or don't know, but I would just say this, it's not going to hurt to really uh, take the time to, to evaluate. And Stephanie can talk about the many options and the things that are out there and the decisions folks need to make. But uh, again, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't miss out on the opportunity. That'd be my call to action, Laura.
1: Okay, because it does make a difference in a big way.
4: Uh, it can make a huge difference from a, from a cost standpoint, or if you do your own assessment, there, there may be gaps that one plan or another could fill that you have right now, and of course, difference in cost and, and that sort of thing. So both financially and from a health perspective, uh, this can be an important time of year.
1: Very good. So, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about what this Medicare Advantage plan is. How is it different from original Medicare and, you know, why veterans may want to really know about this when making a decision?
5: Sure, great question. Because you know, the first it's important to differentiate between Original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. So we'll start there. There are some distinct differences. So with original Medicare, you have your hospital and your medical insurance. Um, with Medicare Advantage, you're receiving your coverage through a private insurer like Humana, and Medicare Advantage includes all of those same benefits that are covered through Original Medicare, but with the flexibility to provide additional benefits that might be of interest to any population, but certainly our veteran population as well. So things like prescription drug coverage, dental, vision, hearing benefits, sometimes even things like transportation or meal benefits. So, you know, it's important to take a look at the Medicare Advantage plans that are available out there, and um, our Humana Honor Plans, uh, are available to everyone who's eligible for Medicare, but they were designed specifically with veterans in mind to mm. complement VA healthcare benefits. So that's really important, right? Uh, veterans have unique healthcare needs. Um, we want to give them the flexibility to choose between VA or civilian doctors, pharmacies, and specialists. It's not a one-size-fits-all for any of us. So um, I also want to share, you know, Humana's Medicare Advantage plans are the only plans that are recommended by USA. And this year, for the first time, Humana and USAA are offering an honor plan with prescription drug coverage. Um, Designed, as I mentioned earlier, specifically with veterans in mind, um, giving veterans that flexibility. And these honor plans also, all of them include dental, vision, and hearing coverage with no plan premium. So we're really trying to provide that full person health for our veterans and their families as they consider their Medicare options for 2023. Absolutely. It seems like a no-brainer. But if they don't know that it it exists or how to go about getting it,
1: so how do you suggest? Is there like a a main phone number or website to go to? Are people just within their regular um, benefits Medicare, are they getting some type of mail to tell them that this is available to them? Because we don't want veterans to miss out on this because it sounds like it's much more extensive than just regular original Medicare.
4: Right, Laura. I mean, if you just listen to the radio or watch TV these days, uh, during this window, you, people are overwhelmed and bombarded with, with stuff. So uh, what, what I would say is that, that as a overall place to compare plans, benefits and costs, the, the Medicare.gov or 1-800-MEDICARE is probably the best way to go. But I think when you're talking about the honor plan and, and Humana, I mean, clearly, if that if that's something that's of interest, I would go to Humana.com.
1: I see. So, um If you have original Medicare with with another group, are you allowed to do the supplemental side through Humana, or do you have to switch over completely?
5: You know what, um, Laura, we have people who specialize on that, um, and honestly, that's not my area of expertise, but if... Um, Folks are interested in learning more. They can also call 1-800-MEDICARE. That's a great place to learn more. We have tons, tons of information on the website. A licensed sales agent is also a great resource for individuals to reach out to because they can connect over the phone or in person. So if you're looking for that, you know, human touch, human connection when evaluating what is important to you, your healthcare needs, your budget, um, a, a licensed sales agent will meet you across the dining room table, help you navigate those plan choices, answer any additional questions you may have that may be specific to your situation, because healthcare really is personal, right? Um, right. You know, we all have different needs year over year, and they change. It's always changing. So, um, you know, find, find um, a licensed sales agent or reach out to 1-800-MEDICARE, and they can help you with your personal situation. I see. That's great to know. And um, I'd like to know a little bit, JJ,
1: tell us what the USAA is and what it does and its connection to the military, if you don't mind.
4: Sure, sure, Laura. So we actually celebrated our 100th birthday back in June. So we've been around for 100 years, but we were founded by 25 Army officers who couldn't get car insurance. That's what brought us together, that uh, commitment to the military community. If you fast forward 100 years, obviously we, things have changed. So we are a bank, we do banking, investments and insurance, but really what has remained the same is that commitment to the military, military community. We have about 13 million members and uh, consisting of those currently serving, veterans and their families.
1: That is just wonderful, and specifically on the question of um, health uh, healthcare health benefits and um, the way to go for Medicare is you work directly with Humana on this in terms of insurance for medical, correct.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, so Stephanie mentioned uh, licensed agents. One of the things that we've done is is we've trained all the Humana agents. And so, when you look at our partnership, uh, Humana brings the health experience. We bring the understanding of the community. And so, as part of that, if you talk to a Humana agent, uh, you can rest assured if you're a veteran that they have a, a a a little bit more understanding than the average agent when it comes to what it means to serve.
1: That is excellent. Give us, um, either of you or both of you, the best websites to go to and uh, another phone number again, yeah. if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll give it to you again in terms of just echoing what Stephanie said, and that's got Medicare.gov or Humana.com or 1-800-MEDICARE if you use the phone.
1: Fantastic. Thank you for all both of your organizations, Humana and USAA, is doing to make the lives of veterans uh, so much better. Thank you for all of that. We appreciate it and for being with us today on the way home. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. And you're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith.
1: Here's Laura. I feel very inspired and grateful today um, for our veterans and for Casey Hendrickson, who joined us today, and also for Todd Robinson, highlighting this incredible film, The Last Full Measure, and the ultimate sacrifices that so many of our fellow Americans made for us so that we may live free. We thank them so much. And on this anniversary program again of three years of the way home, we have our guru of good news with at least one good story we can throw in there uh, for our good news segment. What do you have?
0: I'll tell you a heartwarming story about two seventh graders, and uh, it's a really special story. There was a young boy uh, in the school who was being bullied. Now, bullying is not good in any way, but I'll tell you the reason why the, the boy was being bullied because he was wearing some old shoes. Uh, his name was Melvin Anderson, and his friend. Formello Mello Mello Early uh, was really not happy with the situation. I mean, it just just didn't sit well with him seeing this bullying going about that. So he decided to do something. He went to his mom and said, Mom... My friend, he's getting bullied because he's wearing some old shoes. Can, can I go to the store and buy him a pair? He was saving some money with his allowance to try to do that. And they said, sure, yeah, we'll, we'll take you to the store. Well, he gave him these pair of shoes the very next day. Uh, this is at Buffalo Creek Academy. This is a school in upstate New York. The kid was so happy to receive these shoes. You can only imagine. And it just reached word to his Uh, The dean of the school, he just said, you know, just it's a wonderful thing that this kid did you know, to reach out to him because it just was sick to my stomach to see any student of mine being bullied like that and just really just paying it forward like this, just reaching out and and helping him in some way, not just because they're friends, but to do something really, really wonderful for him. And his mother, Anita James, uh, told Fox News that she was just just as much as impressed about what her son did. He said, you know, I mean, he's 12 years old, and he just has the presence of mind to go do something like this. Very nice for a friend of his. He's mature beyond his years. He just has, he loves his life. He's into everything from family to basketball and friends, and she really appreciates that he just has really such a big heart to do something like that. Just really good for him and happy for the kid. As I said, I mean, bullying just has no place. And as I said, this is a way of saying, you know, I'm with you. I have your back. I'm your friend.
1: I love, I love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. We both, it jinx. <laughs> yeah. We both love that. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. I mean, bullying is something, it's been around since the, beginning of time, but um, all it takes sometimes is one person, one friend, one, especially a student, a peer, to do something like that. That must have made his day and given him a fresh a fresh start. How wonderful. Thank and, you so much, Yeah, Melvin,
0: Melvin is his name, Melvin Anderson. He said, you know what, I'm going to try to return the favor here. I'm saving up some money, uh, some chores uh, for an allowance. I want to buy him something. He wants to do something for him, too.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, love begets love. It's a beautiful thing. Thank yeah. you so very much. And I wish we had um, another hour for ju- just those types of stories, but we'll get to more next week. And thank you so much on uh, once again on the three-year anniversary of the way home. And more important, not more importantly, but thank you to my sponsors, Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, to the Howard family, um, who has supported me from day one. We started doing radio together 12 years ago. And then when I branched off to do the way home, they said, we want to be a part of it. And so they have been supporting me and, uh, truly, been the wind beneath my proverbial radio wings uh, for the last three years for the way home. I'm so very grateful to them, the Howard family, and Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule, an incredible product that's life changing. Um, and but it just gives me so much joy. The people behind the product, behind the business, are the most wonderful, beautiful people, and um, truly helping to make this world a better place and I'm so very grateful to the Howards and Balance of Nature. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today on our Veterans Day special. God bless you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for all that you continue to do and your ancestors and and your elders that have done it for us as well. We love all of you. We are grateful forever and a day for all you have done and to sacrifice as well. Lots of love from the Way Home. We'll see you next time.